The following podcast does not represent the viewpoints of the C-Suite Network. The C-Suite Network thinks that Matthew Morrison is an excellent choice to play the Grinch in NBC's live-action musical. Alright, and here we go. Three, two, one. It's showtime. Yeah, this is all part of the podcast. Uh, you did that last week. What? No, last week I started it without you uh, realizing. Well, that's what you're trying to do now. No, this time I'm counting down a clear intro so that everybody knows right when we're ready to record. Okay. Yeah, so now we're live. All right, so uh, welcome back, gang. We're excited to talk with you about this latest, greatest episode of The Bachelorette. Uh, We have some exciting shout-outs first. We got a brand new listener who gave us a review, so really... Get it together, everybody else. She listens one week. We're already reviewed with a positive review. Some of you have been slacking. Not uh, me, Marie. You want to tell us a little about me, Marie, Anna? I was reading that as my Marie. Oh, my Marie. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? She said, I just found this podcast last week. I was cracking up. I love how absurdly hilarious and unabashedly critical the hosts are. This is just the companion podcast I want to pair with the episodes. Uh, question. Are other podcasts, like, a lot nicer than us? That is a good question. Well, I mean, I th- a lot of people have referenced, like, the official ones. You know, Rachel and, um, who hosts well, with Rachel. obviously they have to be, mm-hmm. um... But, like, are the Bachelor Bros... Or whoever, the bros before hoes or whatever. We've mentioned before, we don't listen to yeah. other Bachelor Nation podcasts just because, guys, we do not have time. Yeah, it's. I'm sure they're all wonderful. They're probably nearly as funny as we are. I had to watch all 12 seasons of The Real Housewives of New York. <laughs> I cannot listen to a Bachelor podcast. And I listen to Fresh Air. So right. I, what, are you I supposed choose, to sacrifice Terry Gross <laughs> over this? I to put my podcast time towards Fresh Air. Dax Shepard, he needs it, guys. Mm-hmm. He's a recovering addict. He needs our help, our support. Uh, and watch what crappens. And I gotta say, the crappens guys are just as big of assholes. I as think we they're are. bigger assholes. It sounds like mm-hmm. they know. do better voices, as far oh, as I can they tell. Do everything yeah, better. <laughs> everything. That's why they have thousands of positive <laughs> reviews. <laughs> we have some nice reviews. Thank yeah, you, me, Marie. We do. It means more. Honestly. Given how many great podcasts there are out there, I mean, all of you really ought to be listening to Fresh Air right now instead of us. I mean, why aren't you listening to, you know, Terry Gross's interview Terry with... Terry Gross is a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> really got me with that one. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> and we just lost our list. There's that unabashedly critical nature that uh, yeah. we're talking about. Even, what are you guys even talking about? What are we critical <laughs> So uh, why did Miki call me mean? I don't know. <laughs> so uh, I was wondering, maybe she means unabashedly critical of me as well. That's the other, the other host no. is critical of one another, as she you and said I said the hosts mm, plural plural. No, this is not another review about me being mean to you. Nobody cares about that except Miki, except who one I person think has like a weird, ill-directed crush on you. Well, not ill-directed. <laughs> no, I, that yeah. word was correct. Ill-directed. I, think, I mean, is there a little bit of you that harbors suspicion that Miki is me? No. 
leaving these reviews. Okay, good. Well, good. There's no reason to. Yeah. Well, and we got another nice review this week from KN Sharp 77, who says she really wants to spend the night with us in the Bachelor Mansion. So we got one person committed to this thing. This whole plan is coming together. And the ghost that lives there. So too, but the ghost's not paying. The ghost's not going to pony up towards the six grand a night. That's the problem. The ghost already paid with her life. (laughs) That bachelor mansion burned down 10 years ago. That bachelor contestant Elise was a contestant (laughs) in the 1940s. Oh, back when it was a reality radio program. We used to play our records on the gramophone. (laughs) We would gather around the radio for Roosevelt's fireside (laughs) chats, and then we would listen to The Bachelor. We laughed and laughed. (laughs) That's before Roosevelt got the polio. Um, well, speaking of other exciting things coming together, we've got huge news. Huge. Gang. I don't really believe that there's been anything in 2020 so far that's quite as big as what we are about to lay down at you. Hold on to your butts, CNN. <laughs> Hold on to your butts, Terry Gross. Take a seat, Joe Biden. <laughs> you can do it without breaking another ankle. Oh, he was playing with his dog. I know. Yeah, it was it real make, sweet. Does it make anybody bit nervous that we're electing someone who can't play with their dog without getting gravely injured. No, it's, it's no, fine. It's, it's, fine. T- it's fine. It's, it's totally fine. Good. Do not, yeah, do not it's say anything. <laughs> um, just, uh, let's just make it through January. <laughs> <laughs> just got to drag him across the finish line. Oh. All right. So, but the big news. The big. Bigger. The big news. The big news. Better than, bigger than Biden is uh, our giveaway. This giveaway is called the What's in the Box giveaway. And if you're thinking, well, that's what Tasha said when she saw Bennett's box to Noah on the table. Well, you're right. And you know exactly what's going on, which is we are giving away the exact same gift that Bennett gave to Noah. Mm -hmm. That's right. You're getting the emotional intelligence book. You're getting the mustache socks. You're getting the mustache socks. And you're getting the red bandana that I wore during my cowboy days in Oklahoma. Because... (laughs) Listener, you and I talked so much about our cowboy days. What? That giant burp in the Nah, that nobody it. noticed that. <laughs> Not on these great mics. One of us did. Yeah, somebody did. Anyway, so here's how it's going to work. One of our lucky listeners will win that exact package of presents. So what you'll do, I will post an image tomorrow. So good. It's so You're good. Gonna be so- you're going to be so tired of winning this package. <laughs> when you get this excellent package. <laughs> so on December 10th, I'm going to post a meme uh, that we've made for like the giveaway. saying this like it's a... On December 10th, I'm going to yeah. post a... Like you're doing it like it's going to be a like... A really a exciting thing. Yeah, no, well, it is a like challenge. A no, it is a challenge because here's the challenge. But no, guys, it's not a puzzle. No, there's no puzzle. It's I is post it this meme. <laughs> I post this meme. You retweet it on uh, Twitter or you share it on Facebook. What's the meme? It's going to be an image of Bennett explaining the giveaway. Oh. I haven't made it yet. I was going to make it today, but our son wanted to play Lego. So I'm going to make it tomorrow and I'm going to post it. And uh, you retweet it or you share it. And we'll choose one lucky winner, and they win 
that prize Guys, package. I just want to say, I think that this is clear with the overt enthusiasm that he's bringing to this. This is basically Ryan's deal. So if it doesn't go well, <laughs> it is not my fault. <laughs> it's kind of my biggest deal. It's, uh, well, it's behind, my biggest deal. Frog, frog gigging. gigging, of course, but. Okay. Are we ready to talk talk batch? Almost. I uh, want to oh. give in my bandana oh, yeah. from Oklahoma. I wanted yeah. to shout out to our one listener in Muskogee, Oklahoma. Thank you very much. And then, gang, I also have to Muskogee. issue Muskogee. Yeah, Muskogee, Oklahoma. They're out there. They're listening to us right now. Loving every minute of it. <laughs> Laughing it up. <laughs> Loving you insulting Terry Gross they and the liberal media. Terry Gross is a cunt. <laughs> oh, just going to oh, keep saying on. it. <laughs> Terry Gross can handle it. She's a big girl. <laughs> She's Actually, a tough broad. Terry Gross is not tough. I feel like Terry Gross gets offended quite easily. I mean, it's like your Gene Simmons over there in that famous interview between her and Gene Simmons where he was so insulting. Oh, was was that Gene Simmons? Yeah, Gene Simmons. What did he say to her? Oh, he was like, women have to greet me with open legs. (laughs) And she was like, that's very offensive, Gene Simmons. (laughs) I liked it when she interviewed Keith Richards. What did he say to her? Like, nice try, love. (laughs) Or, uh, I mean, I we could just pull an Adam Driver and just walk out of the whole uh, yeah. interview altogether. Did yeah, they ever, um, they didn't air any of that, huh? No, they, I, I think they did. They air aired up to him walking out. I believe. And then they know, just played the, the summer place for the rest yeah, of it while was he was it. gone. That yeah. was it, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so anyways, I uh, have an apology to issue, not about yeah. insulting Terry Gross, which we probably should issue an apology for later. I will not <laughs> issue an apology. Over your dead Spoiler body. Spoiler alert, guys. I will not. You you like Terry Gross. I love Terry Gross. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't have any... Look, I don't want to start some sort of national <laughs> warfare with me This and is Terry. like Bennett and Noah, where you're like, where you're Bennett and you're like, I didn't know we had any beef. What's the deal? Well, I didn't think there was a problem. I think I'm Noah because I'm younger. I'm just like flying on the seat of my pants. <laughs> You've got that mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so uh, you're Noah. So Terry Gross is like, imagine arguing with someone who's a 14-year-old yeah, right now. Terry yeah. Gross is like established and thinks that she's so classy. Right. Well, guess what, Terry Gross? You're condescending. <laughs> Terry Gross has that house in the Hamptons. She does. And eating Brie and Perry. Yeah, yep. she finally got to interview Obama and now she's all high on her horse. Did you notice in that interview that like every two minutes she was like, let me reintroduce you. If no one is listening, if someone just started listening, my guest is President Obama. He's uh, here in the studio right now. Terry, Mark Marin did that like four years ago. <laughs> he uh, went on Zach Galifianakis' <laughs> Between Two Ferns <laughs> before he came on Fresh Air. But sure, Terry Gross, good for you. Um, yeah, now, okay. please welcome our guest, former President Barack Obama. <laughs> That's where the rivalry the comes from. The whole interview is just me saying thanks. <laughs> thanks, Obama. Mm-hmm. All right. So I wanted to issue an apology, though, for real, which is I take pride in my sound editing skills. I don't know why, because they're not that great. Right. Well, I was going to say that I learned from watching a couple of YouTube videos. Not the whole video, <laughs> just, but like just yeah, the part the of the video that answered that my needed. question. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I totally botched a sound clip last week. I can't believe it. Yeah. At 10.30 at night after I've had three beers, I can't believe I put the wrong sound clip in right before I'm trying to go to bed. Uh, so it was supposed to be Dead Grandmother. You're not saying it from, right. Okay, you do it. 
dead grandmother from Ferris Bueller, but instead it was a repeat of the I learned it from you, dad clip that we had already put in. So I'm not going to let something like that happen again this episode. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Heard this before. Yeah. Not going to let it happen again. (laughs) Guess what, guys? I'm never going to let that happen again. All right. So now we're ready to talk about the episode. All right. We come in right in the middle of this cold war that's going on between Bennett and Noah. Ooh, who's uh, Gorbachev and who's Reagan? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know enough about the cold war to characterize either of these two gentlemen. I would say maybe that Bennett is Reagan only because then you could have him say, "Mr. Noah, tear down that I'm mustache." The 1950s. Well, it that all wasn't Reagan. Well, there but it carried it's it carried through. Wasn't that a Cold War? It was. It's all the same thing. It's That's all the same the Cold War. Cold War. <laughs> the OG Cold That's War. That's the coldest war. <laughs> well, it just kept kept going. What you're talking about was barely a chilly war. <laughs> it's kind of frosty. That's all. Uh, okay, so we've got this Cold War going on between Bennett and Noah. They're just sitting there. And they back up a little bit. They show us like the last minute and a half or whatever of the previous episode. I'm sorry. Can we take a second? Yeah. The Cold War lasted from the 1950s through the 90s. It ended in uh, 89 when the Berlin Wall fell. What? Or it was it was 89. Um, yeah, it's 89. Yeah. That's because the Cold War was that entire time. Because it was the entire time post-World War II to the Soviet Union. Like dissolving, which was 89 or 91. That's insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like 40 years of a country going through this. It's like a bad marriage. Hey, oh. <laughs> All right. Okay, yeah. Carry on. Carry okay. On. Are you looking this up? I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I so I just feel like sometimes I don't know anything about history. Well, now you've got me questioning myself. I was going to say, you but had, I'm pretty no, you're sure. Correct. Okay. You're correct. It started in 1947 and it ended in 1991. So it was even longer than you longer said. Longer than I thought. Yeah. But was the Berlin Wall in 89? This is a history podcast now. Uh, no, it's um, not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when did the Berlin Wall fall? 89. November 9th. Oh, we just missed it. November 9th, 1989. Hmm. Yeah, we just missed the anniversary. Bummer. I usually like to celebrate by smashing a wall in our house. <laughs> we can only celebrate so many times. <laughs> All right. Okay, showtime. Uh, yeah, so Noah says, when we finally get past all the, the stuff, with was the backing up. Noah said, Bennett, you said there was a 100% chance I won't end up with Tasha. Would you double down on that in Vegas? And I got sort of like Rain Man flashes of like, Bennett going to Vegas and like betting on this in a very He's calculating like, way. What are the odds? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Bennett, in the meantime, says to Tasha, "Everyone is here, and it doesn't." Wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This is Tasha. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just want to say, I often get comments about my notes being unclear. I was thinking that uh, this sounded really like Bennett decided to cool his jets. I <laughs> know <laughs> he did not. <laughs> no, he didn't. Uh, but although he did, because she says, everyone is here. It doesn't matter why they're here to you. You don't have the right to tell someone that I will never pick them. And then he really does cool down because he's like, no, absolutely. I would never. I would never presume to do that. And then he starts mansplaining emotional intelligence. Yes, again, him. the same emotional intelligence he's like, spiel. Tasha, have you heard of a little thing called 
emotional intelligence. I'm definitely the first bachelor or bachelorette contestant to mention it. It's never come up on this program before because no one else is smart enough. (laughs) Yeah, A man is talking about emotional intelligence. I have self-awareness in explaining this right now. He is the preppy murderer. That is what our listener Katie told me earlier tonight. She made the comparison between him and Patrick Bateman. Yes. Yeah. Which I thought was once she made it and now you're making it now is uncanny. Yeah. And he as is I, a psychopath. Yeah. As I our ta- listener A. Murray also asked, how many people has he stabbed? Yeah. No, uh, if he starts with this, a monologue about Huey Lewis in the news and sports, then you know it's over. You like Huey Lewis in the news? They're okay. Their early work was a little too new wave for my taste. But when sports came out in 83, I think they really came into their own, commercially and artistically. The whole album has a clear, crisp sound and a new sheen of consummate professionalism that really gives the songs a big boost. Um, he says, listen, from the moment Noah has gotten here, I've witnessed personal deficiencies in three of the four. Uh, which to me doesn't really sound like he has that great emotional intelligence either. Correct. Well, that's the thing is often, I mean, did Taylor have really good emotional intelligence? I feel like a lot of times these people who are real high and mighty about their emotional intelligence maybe have some things to learn. Take the plank out of their own eye. uh, It's like rain on your wedding day. You know what it's. You know what it reminds me. of? What does it remind you of? A free ride when you've already paid. Mm, that's good. Can you give me one more analogy of like what it's kind of like? It's like ten thousand spoons mm. when all you need is a knife. Oh, I would hate that. I would hate that situation. It's like meeting the man of my dreams and then meeting his beautiful wife, which, by the way, happens all the fucking time. <laughs> to you? Yeah, to me. Actually, it happens all the time to women who meet me. Oh. Oh, that's yeah. what happened to Miki. That's the yeah. man of my dreams. <laughs> oh, and there's his beautiful wife. Oh, what a Who's bitch. better than I ever could be. That's what the women think. She's ten times the woman I am. Yeah, so... um. I was annoyed with the whole Bennett emotional intelligence spiel again, and I was also annoyed later, and we can jump back if there's anything else you want to say, but when he's like, this conversation has shown that I'm a potential husband who can teach morals and teach emotional intelligence. Right. Like, no, it no, it didn't. He, that is another place where he sounded to be especially lacking in what yes. he was harping on about. Because he says that having this conversation is going to give Tasha a newfound appreciation for him. Yes, and that's what this is all about. Yeah. <laughs> he always likes to get newfound appreciation from people before he murders them. So Tasha pulls Noah and then asks him why he's the common denominator in the drama. Um, and I was not... I, at this point, I figured that Noah was staying and Bennett was mm-hmm. going home. Um, but I feel like Noah could have really like hit it out of the park with yeah. his answer here and yep. he didn't. Cause I feel like he still, um, I don't know. He was beating around the bush a little bit and he doesn't really address her question. Right. Because all he says is that he can handle, he runs through again, like some of the stuff that Bennett has done. And then he says like, I can handle it. Okay. But I worry that eventually he would treat you this way. 
which I get. He's trying to make it like a super empathetic response. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if he had just manned up and been like, you're right, I kind of got dragged into this drama. Like, I didn't even really know that it was happening. And then, by, you know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of egged it on because that's how things... Like, I feel like tasha has been a contestant. She knows how sure. things go. Sure. Um, so I, I just think he could have been a little more honest with his answer and it would have felt more genuine to Tasha. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. That's just, so opinion. I think, I think you're right that there is a better answer here, but I do think he didn't hit it out of the park, but maybe this is like a ground ball double. It's okay. Like sports reference. Yeah. It's it a, really doesn't sound like, you know what you're talking about. No, it's about. totally, that's a baseball a thing. A ground I think. ball double. Yeah. Like he, look, Google that. See if that's a thing. Uh, I will Ground not. ball. I believe they're called grounders. Double. Ground rule double. Ground rule. Yeah. Any show, no. Anything Nothing's show popping up. A ground yeah. ball double? Yeah. What is a ground rule double? Oh, no, I don't know. This isn't what I thought at all. Okay, so it's basically he hit the ball past the shortstop. We'll just make that up. He, uh, it's okay. He got on second base with this. Just say that it was a, that he hit a double. That's like, what that's, I, yeah. I think that's what you're. That's what I'm going for. I wanted to make it extra fancy to a, show off my sports. No. <laughs> yeah, a ground, a ground ball, ball double. double. Yeah. Well, and what I mean by that is that he did okay, but it also is a thing that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had just don't understand why that coach told the other kids to move in <laughs> when you came up to bat. I'm sure we've discussed this in the past move on this in. program. This kid's not a hitter. But yeah, it, when I was in second grade and playing oh, pitch. You get younger every time you tell that what, story. How old was I when I originally like told this story? Grade. No, it's always been second grade. And I would stick by that. Okay. Yeah. And I was up to bat when I was playing pitch, un, probably underhand pitch softball. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, I mean uh, the coach wasn't throwing heaters in. Probably <laughs> wasn't throwing ninety mile an hour pitches. I was at also the second graders softball in second grade. I mean, yeah. So, it, you but can't I'm just play saying t-ball forever, Ryan. Well, I'm just saying it's it's important that it's not t-ball because you need that context. So, um, as they were pitching at me as I was ready to hit the uh, coach of the other team, a grown man. Mind you, <laughs> around a second grader said, "Move in, guys. He's not a hitter." Can and, I uh, ask a question? Yes. Was he wrong? He wasn't wrong. Well, no, especially after he with that head game. Can't find he the, really <laughs> can't find the lie. <laughs> no, uh, like uh, unlike later, no lies detected. <laughs> and it's fine. Look, you're fine. You had to learn that you weren't good at baseball at some point. Mm-hmm. Oh, I already knew. I but here's—I don't think I was laboring under any illusions that I was good at baseball. <laughs> well, <laughs> Wasn't strutting out there uh, like I was Babe Ruth. What's the big deal? Like I was told you something you already knew. About like yourself. I was Seattle Mariners star Alvin Davis. And then little second grade Ryan felt so spiteful and angry, and he channeled it all into the bat. And everybody moved in, and you know what? He hit a home run over the fence just to show that coach what mm-hmm. was what. And that's what happened that day that people still talk about. People, 
in the uh i think they have a little statue there the thrift shop that you went value to? village people in at the value, value village. village baseball park <laughs> <laughs> they say no i'll tell you what actually happened listener did is... you get a hit no oh God. no no did you strike out no i hit a ground ball double <laughs> Truly, no, I'm sure out? I struck out. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I was so uh, so upset. That's why you have to show him. No, I'm. That's not my character at all. Oh, yeah, my character is to fall to pieces in the face of adversity. Yeah, that's actually that's why I thought there was such a thing as a ground ball double because I struck out, but then I came in and the coach said that was a great ground ball double, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. You did a great job. Oh lord. Okay. okay. So, um. Yeah, so I thought Noah's answer was okay. I mean, it's certainly better than the defensive, like, I wasn't part of the drama. Yeah, Bennett started it. You know, at least it was better than that, but it wasn't the the out-of-the-park hit. He does uh, tear up a little, which I feel like gets her, you know? Yeah. Oh, you got to turn those waterworks on like a young Ryan at the baseball field. He teared up a little bit. Yeah. Um... So basically, Tasha tells Bennett that it worries her that he's condescending when he talks to people and that he has potentially questioned her integrity and intentions. She tells Noah that she's worried that he's not ready for marriage at the end of this. And then she says, Bennett, unfortunately, I can't give you this rose. Boom. We knew it was coming. You can always tell or often tell when these characters' drama is played out. For sure. Though... I guess not, because later, he's back. Here's the thing to me. If if you end up on a two-on-one, I just think you're screwed. Like, they don't like you that yeah, much if right. you're on the two-on-one. You're on one. the chop. Like, even if you survive the two-on-one, that would be a good stat to run. Robin. Rafa. Ida. Ida Katz, who's really the only one that's working Who's actually right doing now. her research. She yeah. actually doing her job, guys. But I think you're right. Like, as has, our researcher. Has anyone the job that we pay her nothing for? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Has anyone gone on a two-in-one and then come back to win it all? That would be a real Cinderella story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I wanted you to do. I know. That's what you wanted me. If you would have been there that day. If you... Yeah. Little second grade Ryan Weber needed to be Russell Crowe. Is that who was in Cinderella? Yeah, the Cinderella I didn't Man. See that. No, I don't believe we saw it. I haven't seen a Russell Crowe film in some time. No, we saw the the other guys. No, that's the Will the one a beautiful with mind. Ryan Gosling. Crazy stupid love. Yeah, that's it. Right yeah, Russell Crowe, he plays the Steve <laughs> Carell character. The <laughs> sad sack dad. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm Australian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Australian sad sack. What with oh, um, the other two, something like that. I did not watch that. Yeah, it was okay. It got a lot of buzz. I feel like we, you didn't finish that. No, I finished it, but it wasn't. Ryan I don't Gosling. Think you did. I know the Nice Guys is the name of this film. I did finish it. I don't know why we're questioning that. <laughs> when I'm willing to tell Disney. this embarrassing baseball story, but I lie about watching the totality of the nice guys. We watched it together, and I don't believe that we finished it. You fell asleep. I recall it distinctly. <laughs> yeah. Because you were not the into it. The image is burning my brain. <laughs> I'll never forget that day. A day that will live okay. on in infamy. Anyway. Yeah. What are we talking about? Bennett getting his ass sent home. Oh, and Prafa and Ida Katz and Robin. Robin. Running the numbers. Yeah. yeah. No, I just think that uh, 
it's a it's a very rare situation where anyone stays around that long after a two-on-one you're right because they're on the fence about you anyways right yeah so even like winning a two-on-one is really no consolation at all and um bennett is shocked he says is this really goodbye i have that in my notes as well yeah says unfortunately and then bennett says holy cow holy cow Well, I'm shocked. They oh. teach you how to speak like that at Harvard. <laughs> oh, Bennett. And then uh, she walks him out. And while they're walking out, they cut to a shot of Noah laughing, which I'm sure he was laughing at something unrelated, but they make it look like he's like maniacally cackling to himself in there. And Tasha walks back in and says to Noah, no, don't be smiling. Yeah. In fact... And then she kind of makes it sound like she's not going to give him the rose either and he's going to get cut. But she just says, I can't give you this rose right now. And then uh, she ends it by saying, I guess I'll see you later. Yeah. Good ending, Taisha. Very promising yeah. for uh, Right. For, for Noah. young Noah. Yeah. Well, she says to him, that wasn't a victory for you by any means. And Which is true. The fact that I had to sit both of you down and talk to you is not something I wanted to do. Which is true. I mean, it's like she had to scold them. Like she compared them to teenagers and she was right. Okay. So then we go to the cocktail party. Mm-hmm. Um, Riley pulls her and tells her that it's their one week anniversary of being boyfriend and girlfriend. Uh, Zach brings a picture of them from the wedding photo date. Nice move, Zach. Mm-hmm. Nice move. And Tasha and Ben make out. Yeah. And Brendan is wearing a turtleneck again. These are all my yep. cocktail party these, notes. These are all relevant notes. Well, Ben and Tasha are what uh, the kids today call sucking face. And uh, Ben says, we're so bad at that. We're so bad at that. We need more practice. He's like, oh, move your lips this way, Ben. Ugh. Um, I did want to also note there was a great shot of Ed enjoying all the gifts that Bennett gave to Noah, like looking at all of them like with glee, which is how, lucky listener, your family and friends will (laughs) look at the gifts you receive from us. Imagine when you walk into work wearing your mustache socks in 2022. (laughs) (laughs) And you explain, oh, remember that episode of The Bachelorette that aired two years ago? Imagine how great it's going to feel to wear that bandana like a headband when the apocalypse hits. <laughs> and, and be the leader of the gang. Right, with that bandana. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, when the things further go down the shitter. Imagine yeah. how satisfying it will be to teach your partner about emotional intelligence. To man or woman-splain it to them. <laughs> um, Brendan, to me, is a real two-face. As in, like, the... Like the Batman villain? This is the, you're talking the Seinfeld. <laughs> no, like the Seinfeld reference. By right. what I mean, by by which I mean, uh, I do not find him that attractive on the show. Actually, I don't find any of the guys that attractive. Oh, interesting. They are all sweating profusely. Yes. Like, yes. how fucking hot is it at this looking to <laughs> Very. Yeah, there is a lot of sweatiness. And I know you can't stand sweatiness. Why is Brendan wearing a turtleneck sweater <laughs> if it's that hot? A relevant point. Did he yeah. just like pack completely he packed like me for the beach like one top and it's I a turtleneck to visit your family in seattle for the first time and it was like the end of july so i was like okay we're we live in america right that it's summertime yeah nope it's like 50 degrees cloudy mm-hmm. i believe it snowed one day well that's when we took the kids out there a couple years ago and it was 50 years ago like it's gonna snow it's because it's fucking freezing yeah it's cold 
Um, so yeah, maybe Brendan just did a poor job researching what the La Quinta weather was going to be like. I'm, I'm not sure why you would pack. I mean, I feel like one turtleneck sweater is pushing it for cocktail mm-hmm. party attire, but two. And I mean, are we stopping at two? He might have know. more. There might be. There's more. an endless number of turtleneck sweaters that he could have. Yeah. All right. So uh, Jojo Waltz is oh, in. Oh, that's sorry. The, the two-faced. Oh, yeah. That's the face that we're getting of him on the show. His Instagram, he's a fucking hottie. Now, here's the thing, though. This may suggest that Instagram is not an entirely trustworthy reference for how hot someone is. Bite your tongue. Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, this is why... Are you suggesting that people use things like filters and Photoshop to make themselves look more attractive on Yes, Instagram? I am. I am suggesting That's that very thing. That's crazy. why the U.S. government wants to break up Facebook and Instagram. For that reason, not because of for antitrust reasons. Oh, sure. Who cares yeah. about that? Right. It's because people are using it to make themselves look too attractive. Mm-hmm. And then members of Congress are getting fooled about how attractive their constituents are. <laughs> I really thought the people of Muskogee, Oklahoma, were much more attractive than this. <laughs> oh, um, okay. Can All right. we can we move through the yeah. cocktail? Yeah, JoJo Waltz is in, announces it's time rose ceremony roses. time. Yeah. Uh Brendan, Riley, Blake, Ivan, and Noah get roses. And on top of that, Ben. Already had a rose. Who else do we have here? Yeah, who had a rose? I forgot what happened last week. Four, five, six. We're missing one. Yeah. Who's still there? It's not Ed. No, Ed goes home. Ed goes home. Damar goes home. You're right. Spencer goes home. Spencer goes home. Yeah. Somebody else is still around. Uh, <laughs> Somebody Christ. else important. Oh, uh, Ben. You already, already said, said Ben. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, wait. It was Ben. Oh, uh, Zach. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, and you forgot to mention Ben. Oh, the look that I'm getting right now. It's not that funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, um, Terry Gross would laugh at it. She might laugh. Well, actually, she no, doesn't she laugh wouldn't. at much. No, yeah. Terry Very rarely when, o- when Obama, I mean, I'm no Obama. She'll do her girlish giggle for Obama, but for nobody else. Uh, I have my final comment on Ed, really, for the season, I guess, until the men tell all, is Ed's face and his personality match perfectly. Yeah. I feel like when you look at Ed's face, you're like, my assumptions about what this man's personality are like are exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, Noah gives cheers, and his cheers is cheers to real love with a real woman. <laughs> It's... No Lars and the real girl situation here, <laughs> gentlemen. Again. It's so different from when I fall in love with that blow-up doll. <laughs> with that Japanese pillow like James Franco. Um, again, not hitting out of the park, but a ground ball double. An okay, <laughs> an okay uh, toast. Let's so, just keep using that phrase until it's a Until it's a term. thing. Yeah, yeah, until baseball commentators start using it. Yeah. I'm going to start, this is like uh, the young people starting their slang and the old people adopting it. I'm going to make it real. Uh, so they drop kind of what I consider to be sort of a big bombshell, which is they say next week is hometown week. Taisha will be meeting your families. What? Like <laughs> What and how? Yes, both of those were my questions. <laughs> I mean, are these families in quarantine right now? Like on the chance that their fucking son is going to bring home a reality TV I bet contestant. I do Zoom. 
Or maybe they, again, I would like to make the argument that it's not that big of a fucking deal to sit in your house for 10 days when you're doing it anyway. So maybe they will. These people don't have to quarantine anymore. Sure, but you don't know who the, I mean, the parents, they could have a kid that's an essential worker. You know, it's just like, and like on, for your. And if that's the case, then I'm sure they figure something. They don't have a plan for this. I don't, yeah. It just seems just to complicate to things, but I want to know now. Nope. <laughs> I want the world. I want the whole world. There's our musical references that the listeners love. I want the world in my pocket. It's my bar of chocolate. Um, yeah, so I have in my notes. So the whole fucking family has to quarantine. I feel like they already barely want to be on this show just to begin calm with. Just it down until you <laughs> actually see. They might be doing like Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then the families are all going to have hilarious Zoom backgrounds too. <laughs> You're going to love it. <laughs> it's just going to be 30 minutes of the mom and dad with it on like a quarter of their <laughs> Can you hear us? Uh, ben, can you hear us? I can see you, but you're sideways. <laughs> Noah, what happened to your mustache? Hey, hey, hey Charlie, Noah's on the phone. <laughs> He's got his girlfriend with him. It's his girlfriend from the TV show. She's very tan. <laughs> <laughs> no, no good. You know that You're one already of the- on thin ice with that Terry Gross comment. <laughs> you know that one of them is going to be inappropriate via Zoom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's the thing is Zoom Why like facilitates. Thin ice with Terry? Like, is Terry Gross a national treasure? And I feel I'm like what, you're just going to go around using the seat, throwing the C word around. What's the difference between calling someone a cunt and a bitch? One is much more offensive. Why? Than the other one. Be- <laughs> I think we all know it's an offensive term in the United States. Our Australian listeners are throwing it around left and right. Wait. It's an offensive term in the United yeah. States. Yeah, other um, other cultures are not as offended by it. I well, I guess maybe I'm European. You might as well. Well, I'm British then. <laughs> Blimey! This explains a lot about my accents. <laughs> you American Yanks. I would be equally offended if someone called me. You know what, Mickey? Throw it out there. I I would. I would not be more offended if someone called me a cunt. I think you can recognize that it's culturally seen as the more offensive term. Uh, I really, I'm not playing. I did not know that. What do you mean? Like, so what do you, like, have you ever heard somebody say that on network television? Ever? We don't watch a lot of network television. I'm saying, like, you could say bitch Are you saying that they would bleep out cunt but they wouldn't bleep out bitch correct yes i'm saying like modern family would never air the c word family is not airing bitch probably probably are or like the office would not air it or you know like i'm pretty sure that the office doesn't doesn't use bitch in in their show i'm just saying i think that uh, most network standards would suggest. Well, are we going by network standards? I mean, I'm using that as an example of the fact that the term one term is considered more offensive than the why other. Why is it considered more offensive though? Like I have on here, I see on here that it's. I understand why you would be offended by the whole lot of them, mm-hmm. bitch, cunt, slut, whore. I get that it's like a gendered right off- offense. 
Right. Why well, is one? I don't think that one is more offensive than Who the can other. explain the mysteries of language? Well, you yeah. seem to be just flabbergasted. I can't explain. Well, I'm flabbergasted that you don't thing, recognize the this. The only reason that you can give me is that it's network standards. That's a that's one good explanation for the fact, showing that people find that term more offensive. Well, I guess I have better taste than we're, um, I, I just don't. I've, we're not network. We're cable, baby. <laughs> We're HBO <laughs> late night. <laughs> We're like stern moving to serious radio. We're Arliss. <laughs> no. uh, listen, I yeah, I, I'm looking up some. Uh, I'm looking up some info here on the internet. Oh yeah, what's the old internet have to say about it? <laughs> well, I found this. What's this website? Quora. Quora. How Quora. That's question that? website. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which term is more offensive to women, bitch or cunt? All right. The first answer. I can only speak for myself. If the ep- if the epithet 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 epithet. I always so get I that confused with like epithet. The, uh, like yeah, like I always get that confused with epitaph. No, it's not epitaph. No. Well, that what's the thing? What's the the quote at the beginning of a book? Epilogue. No. I'm thinking of something else. Prologue. Oh, I'm thinking of ground ball double. <laughs> <laughs> I see no reason to feel offended and many to apologize about whatever led the counter. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah. get it. All right. Sorry, Terry Gross. You're just a bitch. You're not a cunt. <laughs> I take it back. Oh, you can use the C word on TV. Oh, and this oh is an Australian God. Why are you site. Calling it the C word. This is an Australian because that's what the headline says. That I'm reading the headline aloud. All right, uh, where are we now? Ben has a uh, one-on-one date. <laughs> There's a show that we're supposed to be recapping. That's why the people tune in. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, the hometown dates. That's what we were talking yeah. about. Um, yeah, Ben has a one-on-one. So yeah, we get told next week is hometown week, mm-hmm. which everybody knows means we're going to be down to four. Mm-hmm. So there will be three guys that are going home. Not even really sure why Blake is still around. Right, but yeah. Let's throw him a bone. He hasn't howled with his dog in several weeks, so he hasn't done anything charming. It's driving me crazy because he looks like someone to me and I can't figure it out. We already got that Adam Pally voice twin thing, but that's not that quite it. That he... It, he almost reminds me a little bit of Jax from Vanderpump Rules, but okay. like a Canadian Jax. Okay, that I means nothing to me, but yeah. I'm willing to believe it. And of course, you only have about one episode left to figure it out before his ass is gone. So, um, but Ben, right? Yeah, Ben, ben has his one-on-one. He is wearing a baseball tee and not his little. Bateau neck sailor shirt. <laughs> so he did pack two shirts. Good Apparently. for you. Yeah, good for you, Ben. Yeah, so uh, he, his day card says, falling in love is full of surprises. Um. So he's like, I got to go get ready for my date, guys. And the guys start talking about meeting families. And Zach starts crying. I know. Because he says that his mom and his dad are his heroes. Oh, that's uh, nice. Our kids say that about us all the time. All the time. Our son, as a grown man, will tear up at the thought of his girlfriend meeting us for positive reasons. So JoJo rolls in on a scooter yeah. to the Ben and Tasha mm-hmm. one-on-one. She says, coming in hot, you guys. She which goes, woo! 
which as you'll recall, I also said coming in hot when we went paddle boarding with my family and I ran into that instructor <laughs> on the paddle board with my paddle board. I did not recall. But yeah. And she did not look amused at all. <laughs> um, Jojo says that she has set up an oasis, but that they have to solve clues and riddles to find it. A fun and amazing oasis. But maybe you're gonna be the one that saves me. Why are you singing that in an Australian accent? It's, that's my British accent. Oh, that's my that's Noel Gallagher. Not... Well, you're British. Do the accent. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Dude, let's hear your wonder wall. Nah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Well, their their accents were always a little bit different. You know, they had something a little... The, the Gallagher brothers? The Gallagher brothers. <laughs> the Gallagher bros. Yes, Professor Henry Iggins would be able to tell you the exact street that they grew up on. Do you ever get, talk of, uh, get tired of talking about stuff as if it's accepted fact? Like... <laughs> That you have no proof or knowledge No, of. no, I enjoy it. Yeah, okay, just making sure. <laughs> um, they find a... So the first clue leads them to the tennis court. You want to tell them the clue, though? Because you knew right away what it was. I did not write it down. Find a place where, where the love. score is love. Yes. Yeah. And then Ben is like, oh, tennis. Because love means zero. Yeah. Um. So they go out to the tennis court, and there's a little plastic pool filled with tennis balls that they have to dump all the balls out of Mm -hmm. to find the clue what a fun wacky time it reminded me of like uh those old nickelodeon games Ooh, like a double dare Dare. then they had to climb through a giant nose filled with snot legends of the hidden temple (laughs) (laughs) well uh there's always that thing that i was fascinated by that Mark Summer, the host of Double Dare, had OCD and was just like horrified yeah. by the entire extravaganza. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That seems like so. There's that's ironic, Alanis Morissette. I have to call. Okay, do it. So they, they kind of go all around the resort. The last clue leads them to a bunch of pinatas and they start beating them. First they go, you know, as they should, they blindfold each other. Huh. They use the baseball Proper bat. pinata technique. And then they get sloppier and sloppier. And at the end, there's only one pinata left and Ben just rips it open with his bare hands. <laughs> Roar! Um, did you want to mention Ben taking his pants off? Oh, yeah, he takes his pants off to get in the fountain. Yeah, which... he's wearing, like, really tight black underwear. Yeah, kind of like some that I wear sometimes. That I am always like, oh, we're wearing those. Oh, it's this day. I must be a little late on the laundry, eh? (laughs) No, it's late on the laundry when you wear those ones that just have a giant hole. I threw those away, finally. Finally. Yeah, finally, yeah. I feel like after, I mean... Years. Like, why Years of them clinging for dear life. It was literally just like a waistband. (laughs) Because... Because I was always a little late on the laundry. Well, so Ben taking... I mean, you might as well just like wrap a paper towel between your legs. At that I point. sometimes comes to that point. <laughs> yeah, no, I might as well just go commando at that point. So um, I would say it was it would have been a big deal for Ben to take his pants off, except he was buck naked I last feel like week. Ben uses any excuse to right. get naked. Yeah, I, this has been a very but naked you know what? season. With quads like that. Yeah, 
I would too. Oh, if I looked like Ben, I would use any excuse to get naked too. I feel like his one of his quads, you could like hollow it out and canoe down a river. <laughs> I could use that as the paddleboard. It'd be kind of gross, Come, but you could coming in hot. <laughs> Hope I'm in this bloody quad. <laughs> this bloody quad. <laughs> Liam, that's our next song, mate. <laughs> we have such unusual accents, mate. <laughs> such distinctive voices. Somebody ring Harry Styles. Get him on the phone. And Princess Anne. <laughs> Harry Styles is going to fall out of his dress. Let's ask everyone what they think about the crown. <laughs> Should it be labeled fiction by Netflix? <laughs> Is the Prince C Charles. word offensive? Yeah, I feel like, uh, look, if Prince Charles is going around telling Camilla that he wants to be a tampon, I don't think it's offensive that I'm calling Terry Gross. Wait, when did he say that? That was in like, the episode? In the 1980s. Was that in one of the episodes? No, but it's well-known Prince Charles. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, is that going to be in one of the episodes? It might be. Seems like they need to dramatize that. It might be. That, yeah. was, Prince, that was Prince Charles's sex tape moment. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they got like audio tapes oh. of him and Camilla. Like happened. sexy chatting? Well, it's not really sexy chat. Like it's yeah. kind of, they're just kind of talking and then okay. it turns into like kind of sexy chat, but he does say that he wishes he was a tampon. Yeah. So. Mm. A, this is a very specific fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> it's very specific. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I also have been ripping the pinata apart. Um, so then they, so they find the final clue, which sends them to a spa for relaxing. That's where the oasis is at this spa. Yeah. And then we go to the night date. Yeah. Do you have anything for the day portion? No. No, we can move on to the night date. So Ben says that he is afraid to share things. Oh, I'm sorry. This was during the day portion. He said that he's afraid to share things because he doesn't want to burden her um, and that he wants to be perfect. And she, at the end of the day portion, says, kind of in response to that, that she would not be willing to give him the rose at this point in the date because she has yet to see who he really is. So here's something that I want to comment on that I've seen a couple people commenting on on Twitter. So I guess let's let's put a pin in that and let's talk about the night date because I want to circle back to that comment. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you want to take us through the night date? Consider it pinned. Pinned. Pin that. We're going to circle round to that. Um, yeah, she tells him that he's almost too perfect right. on the mm-hmm. night date and that um, he wants to display the perfect image of himself, but that there's more, there's hurt underneath. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, I, I just want to know you. Um, he says that he grew up in a house where he had everything he needed materially, but was left wanting emotionally. And his parents are like, gee, thanks, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Why don't you go fuck yourself? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take your stuff away. Um. So, I mean, he does start to let down his walls. She, like, so he's like, ask me anything. What do you right. want to know? Mm-hmm. And I, I do feel like that's a little annoying because he's like, okay, well, then ask me a question. Right. Yeah. Come on, Tasha. Yeah. Ask me. What's your what deepest, you darkest secret? Yeah. Instead yeah. of opening up. Yeah. And yeah, right. Instead of taking the initiative. The onus back on the. 
person. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, she's like, okay, well, are you close with your family? Um, so he says that his sister has saved his life in more ways than one. And then he basically goes into detail about a really tough time in his life. 2018, he left the army. He had broken his back and was living in a city that was too expensive. It was Minochi, Oklahoma. <laughs> Muskogee, Oklahoma. <laughs> well, it was actually Tulsa, but he had bought some of that high-priced real estate just, from Chad. Yeah, he went two in, two in to the Chad, which is so impressive. Um, he said he didn't know how to ask when he needed things. And then he like takes a deep breath, and he's like, okay, I, can, I guess we can go deep. And he tells her that he had two failed suicide attempts in 2018 and 2019. Right, which we were saying was not that long ago. That is insane to me. And I, I mean, I do want to tread lightly here because I understand that we're, you know, this is like, as he said, it's very deep stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it's incredibly brave of him to open up. I mean, it's like with the eating disorder, it's really brave of him to open up on national television about it. And I don't think that there should be a stigma. Um, However, (laughs) it's insane. It's 2020. He had. So you're saying like it was, it's insane that he's on this show? A year later. A year later. later. Yes. And frankly, (laughs) I mean... I, I get, we've talked about this before. I don't know how deep the background checks go with mm-hmm. the producers on, for these contestants. And I'm not at all saying you know, it's obviously not the same thing for someone to be on the show as like, like I have a record of sexual assault. I'm like, it, it's two different things. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like this puts Tasha in a terrible and, okay. and frankly, terrifying position. Uh-huh. That is a year ago and two years ago. Right. And now she's in a position of like, I can break this guy's heart. I guess I could cut you on national television after you just told me that you tried, that you attempted suicide twice. Like, I Mm -hmm. just, I can't imagine (laughs) the emotions that she is dealing with right now after this revelation. And it would make me incredibly uncomfortable if I were her. That's an interesting point because you're saying like it it's makes it seem like regardless of where he is right now in his life, it makes it seem like he's in a very precarious situation I emotionally. I, I cannot imagine that you recover from two attempted suicides within a year. Yeah. I mean, and like, again, I, I have no frame of reference or context, so I, I don't, don't know. So yeah. I could be off, yeah. but based on... The way that everyone talks about going on these shows, like it's anxiety inducing, mm-hmm. it's scary, it you know, like it doesn't sound like it's a great situation for most of these contestants who are like I don't know, who have strong mental health. Sure. Like, you know? Sure. I mean I, I and I don't know, like I don't you're not trying to say that someone who had a suicide attempt doesn't deserve to be on the show. You're just saying no, that it, yeah. I just don't think, I mean, I don't think that it's, I don't think these shows are good for anybody. Right. You right. know? So, um, and, I mean, again, even if you thought that that everything was, that you had moved past it and that you were in a good place, um, to me, I just... I mean, who knows if the producers knew about that going into the show? I have to think maybe they did. And if they did, I I think that that's a poor move on their part. 
That's interesting. Yeah, I want to approach this from another direction. So the thing that uh, Tasha said earlier about, you know, I want you to open up. And then so after this, after he says this, she says, all I've been wanting is for you to open up to me. And he gets the rose and it's getting to the point where it feels like you have to earn your rose with some sort of trauma story Yeah. to me. And like, that's, I don't know. It just kind of bothers me. Like, um, I mean, that doesn't bother me as much because I think that there are guys on there that don't have, I mean, I don't know. I, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I do. And you kind of get the same though. Riley's hand was kind of forced with the lie detector thing, but of course they did the lie detector thing to force their hands about tough conversations. I just feel like in an, again, this isn't a natural relationship progression at all. I don't think that Ben would have on what amounts to a second or third date in a normal circumstance have already told someone about an eating disorder and a suicide attempt. But it feels like you have to like up the stakes to like stay on the show and get your rose. Yeah, you know? but I mean, I would also say you know that going into this show. Sure, sure. Like you have to imagine if you have like whatever your background is, if it's completely you know if you're like blake who's basically just a big happy golden retriever who's like i love my parents and look i made a dick Um, (laughs) right and you know to be fair like he's still around yeah i mean i i just think i don't know if because i was thinking about this i don't know if the guys that they have chosen if this is like a reaction to i mean i think people had a fairly negative reaction to some of the vapidness that was going on in Pete's season mm-hmm. with those contestants. Yeah. So I feel like maybe they were like, all right, let's let's raise the emotional sure, stakes. Sure, let's get some guys with some more depth. Well, and as we mentioned, you know, they were picked for Claire for the most part, so they skewed a little older. Right. Not like, you know, not appropriately older necessarily, but a little bit older, so they're going to have more backstory and depth potentially I, I do definitely feel like i can't remember another season where we had this much like heavy personal story. right right but i guess part of my point though is some of the guys on pre and we've gotten a lot i mean remember the dustin the guy that our friend jody worked at banana republic with who's like what girlfriend had the miscarriage or whatever like i mean they they have these kinds of stories but it's also possible that some of these guys in past seasons have had these kinds of traumas and they haven't been dragged out quite as quickly on that. I feel like they're like upping the ante on like, mm. tell us your story, tell us your story, you know. I don't know. I feel like they always do that. Sure. And just there's more guys with with emotional baggage this season or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just hard. Like I think you've got to recognize, and I'm I'm sure everybody does, is like you're not only telling this story to Tasha, but like America, which means all of your friends now yeah. know about this too. Like it's just. Yeah. I mean, again, though, I don't feel bad for anyone that chooses to go on a show. No, like sure. This. I mean, your life is going to have to be an you open book. You know that that's part of it. Right. If you're going to be on this show. Um, I mean, Tasha, uh, you know, for her part, I think responds very, um, positively like she says that she's really glad that he opened up Mm -hmm. um and he seems to he says that he feels better after sharing yeah and then he gets a reward for opening up the greatest reward you can imagine 
They not a rose, but dance to Adam Hambrick. The Adam Hambrick is there, everybody. Well, he does get a rose. That's what I'm saying. But the greatest reward is not the rose. It's listening to Adam Hambrick. So his song, that the song that Adam Hambrick was singing, had a melody and it was tugging in my ear. Okay. And it finally, I finally realized that it reminded me of the uh, Mandy Moore song, My Only Hope, from the movie A Walk to Remember. And then I realized that Ben kind of reminds me of the actor in that movie. It's all. It's crazy. It's all coming together. So let's pop in a little clip of My Only Hope right here. Who taught you how to do this stuff? You, all right? I learned it by watching you. It's a good tune. It's a good tune. Yeah. Group date? Group date, yeah. Okay. Right. Please welcome to the group date Zach, Brendan, Ivan, Noah, and Riley. Um, the truth is that I'm falling in love. And that means that Blake gets Blake is getting a one on one. Yeah. Yeah, so the truth little joke that she or the pun she had in there, the play on words is that they're all going to take polygraph tests. I don't think it's really a play on words. I what? feel like it's just like literally what... <laughs> <laughs> the double entendre here. It's not a here. double entendre, yeah. though. It's, uh, it's a witticism. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's not a pun. It's not a pun. Sure, I guess you're right. It's just the truth is that I'm falling. I guess the reference. That's the word I'm yeah, looking for. Okay. Yeah, that's what it's referencing. Yeah. 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 I feel like it, yeah, well, whatever. All right. Not mm -hmm. to beat a dead horse. No, let's beat this dead horse. Nah. Yeah. All right. They're taking a polygraph test, which I have always wanted to do because I am an excellent liar. And Ooh. I think I could beat a polygraph test with no problem. I actually would like to see that. That you bring up a good point because polygraph. A liar? You're a great liar. You're really good. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and it's something you're real proud of, too. I'm glad to see <laughs> <laughs> like when you lied about not knowing that uh, the C word is more offensive than the word bitch. Why will you not say cunt? I'm not, I'm not saying that. Yeah, not saying it. Why? It's, it's offensive. Say it. No, I'm not going to say it. Say it one time. No, not on, not on record, not on tape. Because you're afraid for the you're world to hear. Fired. Yeah, this, the provost is going to hear it. He's going to clutch her pearls. You think you would get fired for saying cunt and not bitch? I, I we won't even find out. We'll never know. Oh, <laughs> we'll never know. But what I'm saying is, I would like to see you take a polygraph test because, as I understand it, and as Riley flat out points out, uh, polygraphs don't work to tell if you're lying or not. But it would be very interesting to see how you dealt with it because I think you could beat it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so Tasha starts by taking the test. And of course they ask her like these softball questions. Are you falling in love with more than one person? Oh, and so we should mention, so there's a green light if you um, are telling the truth. Right. A red light if you're flat out lying and an orange is indeterminate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I don't think that that is a softball question because... I feel like it would piss them off. Well, if she said oh, yes, true. and that yeah. was determined as a lie, as a lie. then it could be like, okay, there's one person that she's... True. You know. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So Ivan gets asked, have you ever been aroused while oh, spending time with well, Tasha?" Okay. you have because oh, okay. they ask her, do you regret sending anyone home? Oh, yeah. And she says no, but the lie detector test determines that's a lie. And uh, it's really foreshadowing Bennett's mm -hmm. re-arrival yes. later. Yeah. Okay. 
So, um, and Noah tells us off camera, it's all fun and games until somebody gets their first lie. <laughs> so yeah, Ivan gets asked if you've ever been aroused while spending time with Tasha. So Noah, this is a weird one to me. Noah gets asked if someone has ever faked an orgasm with him. Well, how would he know? Like, that seems like a weird uh, question to maybe ask. Maybe just assume that the answer is yes. Well, that's the thing I'm going to say. Yeah. Like, uh, presumably. Pretty sure yeah. all of y'all can just answer yes. Right. That's that. what I'm saying. But like, would he be, if you were like, okay, who was it and when, would he be able to be like, it was so-and-so on January yeah. the 21st? Yeah. You know, that's what, like, I guess I'm what I'm saying is, if he said I no, get, I get what you're saying. I don't know. It might need <laughs> oh an God, explanation. I get what you're saying. Might need an explanation. All right. They, he's also asked if he misses his mustache. That gets an orange when he says no, and he says it misses me too. Um, now the next was he asked this? Who was asked? Are you ready to propose to Tasha at the end of this? Was that Zach C? I thought that was uh, Noah. Or is that Noah? Yeah. Okay. And so Noah says, "I hope so." And that's a brilliant way to beat the machine. That's, that's beating how, the well, machine. That's how you beat it. Yep. It's like you don't technically lie. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because yeah. that's, that's not a lie to say, I hope mm-hmm. so. Yeah. So that's the way to beat the machine right there. Um, yeah. Zach admits to having cheated. And yes. Tisha says, once a cheater, always a cheater. Right. Of course, his story later shows that maybe these yes, no questions are not particularly useful. So Zach C, I mean, we'll deal with this in a minute, but Zach C did the right thing by saying yes. Because if he had said no, and that was revealed to be a lie, right. but it's revealed to be a, an innocuous cheating situation. Yes. Okay. Um, so Riley gets asked his name as like a calibration for the lie detector. And uh, it lights when he says his name, yeah. it lights up as a lie. Which is crazy. Yeah. And we'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, okay. So, uh, and a couple of, so one other thing that I thought, and I don't have in my notes who it was. But a couple of them were asked, like, are you ready for Tasha to meet your family? And when they say, they either say no or they say yes and it's a lie. Mm-hmm. But that's that not all that Brandon. revealing because it's like, I don't think that necessarily says anything about your feelings about Tasha. It might say a lot about your feelings about your family. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but anyways. Um, so after the lie detector test, they all get a chance to kind of like explain. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Clarify. that's basically what happens. Like right. Brendan talks to her about his quote unquote not being ready to meet her family and he's like look they saw me go through my divorce like it's just a lot to put on them right right Uh, and zach explains that he french kissed a girl at the bolo rama in the sixth grade when he was already dating someone that is the perfect place to french kiss someone in sixth grade I mean, I'm not uh, saying that from experience. Were you French kissing girls in the 60s? No, I'm saying like as a like as a story. Like if you were going to write that and be like, where should we have our sixth grader French kiss the someone? Bolo-rama. The Bolorama would be the answer. Yeah. All right. And then, um, yeah, so we had the Brendan thing, which you mentioned. Um, and she sort of res- that resonates with her because she's like, yeah, I don't necessarily want to bring someone home to my family because they saw me go through this divorce as well. Though we already said she's like she brought Colton home, right? Yeah. Yeah, so she yeah, she has done that. Was real hard on it. That's right. That's right. Okay. So then Riley, even before going to do sort of his one on one time with Tasha, starts crying about the situation that he's in. 
because of the lie detector revealing the name thing. Um, and so then he um, tells her his name used to be Dwayne. He was named after his father, who was his best friend for 22 years. And then they had a falling out. I had a, I'll be completely honest. I had a little bit of trouble following the story. Too. Yeah. yeah. Well, there were, he, he didn't give a bunch of details, right. which is fine. Sure. Yeah. Okay. It's his story. Yeah. He can tell it how he wants, but for me to be, I'm not sure I could recap it entirely yeah, with accuracy. Like, so this is what right. happened. So here's everything that happened in exact detail. But what we get told is basically that there was a custody battle and that he resented his mom based on things that his dad told him about her. And that eventually, as an adult, he kind of realized that that was the case and he wanted a fresh start. So he changed his name. Right. And but also he changed his name to as not like a not like a fuck you to his dad, but like, I don't want to be your like, I don't want to I want to be my own man kind of thing. Did you get that from that? Because that's kind of what I, I took guess. from it. I mean, again, I, it was uh-huh. a little murky on the details. Okay, because that, that was sort of the way that I read it. But again, I wasn't entirely sure. And this was all interesting because you'll remember last week, Riley had that other story about his mom, right? right. With his painting. Yes. And so I, I actually like that when like the narratives kind of build on, like as the details come out, we get like more pieces of, cause sometimes the other problem is was sometimes with these traumas, like here's this trauma story. All right. Now back to scootering around and yeah. we never really like goes anywhere, you know? Yeah. 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 No. And I mean, I feel like all it's really safe to say is that Riley has like a complicated background, which I feel like you can sense that in him. Mm-hmm. Like his eyes are kind of, you know, she eyes. was saying that like Ben seems kind of sad, and I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I feel like Ben and Riley have like a, um, I don't know, kind of a solemnness. Sure, sure. I think the thing is though, like with this one, as with all of these stories that we've heard, like this is nothing to be ashamed of. Like he, you know, he changed his name for symbolic reasons. Like I don't think that's no, something that you have and to like, feel I don't like think that he's ashamed of it. Right. I just feel like he, you know, it was worried still... about. Yeah, and it obviously still brings up a lot of, like, hurt. Right, right, right. Um, She doesn't give the rose out, yeah. which is a big deal because it would have meant, like, a hometown. Mm-hmm. I have a theory okay. on why. Okay. I feel like she felt like she owed it to Riley, but I don't oh. know that she necessarily wants to do a hometown date with I Riley. I see, and yeah. And I feel like it would have been devastating after Riley gave that had that big reveal that uh-huh. she basically, I mean, through the show that he was forced into. Yep. If then she was like, well, I know for sure that I want to meet Zach's family. Right. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yep. So I feel like that was, if that is the case, it is, uh, it shows a lot of integrity. Yeah. Yeah. I would far be it from us to question her integrity. Yeah, speaking of Tasha's integrity, <laughs> guess who's back, guys? <laughs> guess who's back? Back again. Then it's back. Tell your friends. (laughs) So, yeah, Tasha goes back to her place, and Bennett is back like fucking Patrick Bateman there to murder her. Um, He says, great to see you. You look beautiful. What a dress. What a dress. And he says, and it smells fresh in here, too. (laughs) All right, serial killer. What a nut job. Yeah, and then he says, I spent all day going over and over in my head. Our parting. He said it was so bizarre, so surreal. 
I couldn't even fathom what had happened. I feel like this is exactly what happens to narcissistic serial killers. Yes. When they don't get exactly, exactly what, what they, they want. want. And yep. he's like, this can't be. Right. Uh, the, this does not compute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And he says, I realized in that moment that I love you. Oh, my God. And so this guy. Notes, I have, oh, my God, no, you don't. Right. Just stop. No, of course he doesn't. And I... It made me sad to see Tasha get suckered into this right. for two minutes. Because she says, I know Bennett wasn't just saying these things to say them. Uh, really? Of course he was. Yeah. Well, he has a lot of emotional intelligence. So he knows. Actually, maybe Bennett does believe that he's in love with her. I mean, he's not. Right. I would not double down on those odds in Vegas that he's in love I with her. I just don't get why she's like, it's. Like, this is the first time hearing it from someone where I know that it's true. Like, why on earth is it, is when Bennett says it, it's like, yeah, these, like, this has to be true. This person. Easy did it, like, two days before. Yep. No, that's a totally fair comparison. Like, when this person who's desperately trying to get back on the show says it, that's when I believe it for sure. Not when someone who we had a pretty good date together and they say, I love you. That I don't believe. Yeah, and then Bennett says, I haven't had emotions like this ever over a girl. Certainly not. Didn't he get engaged one time? I mean, come on, Bennett. He did. <laughs> yeah, he didn't, he didn't care about her the way he cares about Tasha. Um, she says that she needs the night to process everything and that she will let him know tomorrow. I did like Bennett goes in for the kiss on the lips. She's like, no. She turns her head. So at least she's not, you know, she's not uh, totally all in on this situation. Um, yeah. All right. So next week we've got fucking Monday and Tuesday nights worth of episodes. Uh, yes. Yeah. We have the regular episode and the men tell all. Yeah. So, um, we will do them both on Wednesday, probably. Guys, weigh in on the whole, now I feel like I shouldn't be saying it. C word versus B word. <laughs> you can't say debate. Both. So if you're not going to say cunt, then I don't think you should say bitch. How about that? Interesting. So if you want to live a life of hypocrisy, of what's the word I'm looking for? Puritanical uh, censorship over there and just say the C word, then you need to be saying the B word and the F word too. All right. So here's a. Here's the story. Samantha B. used it and got widespread backlash when she referred what, to... from, like, religious groups? No, widespread. State Farm and Auto Trader suspended ads from her show. Oh, no. State Farm yeah. doesn't like it when we say come. I would fucking kill to have State Farm endorse our show. Is it, uh, <laughs> is it a thing where, like, you shouldn't say it because you're a guy, but I can say it because I'm a woman? I do think that's part of it. Well, then I don't think you yeah. should be saying either because that is also a stereotyped offense maybe not maybe i shouldn't be saying it would you like me to strike that from my vocabulary as i don't well? care what you say i think yeah i don't <laughs> think that's true <laughs> I think you're being a real cunt over there yeah i don't think you don't care what i say if that's true then let's talk just, more about the gallagher's accents i think that if you're gonna if you're gonna get on me about it you should have a more thought out argument about why i shouldn't be saying it no i guess here's what i'm saying is that culturally the two have a strong difference, whether that difference is warranted or not. But when I ask you how you know that, you don't have any... No, I gave you an answer, which is that 
One you can say widely on television and the other you cannot. I think that's a pretty good indication. I think of, that's 100% subjective. Like 10 years ago, you couldn't say any of these things on television. 20 years ago, you couldn't do anything. Right, but those those things reflect cultural standards. No, it's not like we were all not okay with butts and then when NYPD Blue showed a butt, we were all collectively like, oh, I guess we do have butts. Well, <laughs> I think Gosh, people were collectively stop. like we have realizing that no, we have butts. <laughs> Great NYPD blue reference, yeah, by the thanks. way. Yeah. It was the first time that a butt was shown. There's your history right there. I know television yeah. history. Nobody cares about the Cold War. What was the first butt appearance? I tell you what, cable television is not going to inform me on what I can <laughs> or cannot They're say. not policing your morality. <laughs> All right. Well, gang, weigh in on this debate. I actually, I would like to hear what people have to say. We should. You want to do a poll? I don't know. Do you want to do a poll? I'm, I'm just. Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah. Um, but uh, also on Twitter and Facebook, watch for our exciting giveaway. Hundred percent. That's a hundred percent going to happen. Guys, yeah. you're going to want to get in on this. You're going to want these mustache socks and this emotional intelligence book and this bandana. Plus, I'll say it: a handwritten note from us. That you can't read because Ryan's Because I'm going to write it. It's terrible. It's terrible. There's a sun that's inside of my soul. It's the one that I've tried to write over and over again. I'm awake in the infinite cold But you sing to me over and over and over again So I lay my head back down And I This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.